listening to On the Couch with Carly. Carly's Couch is a safe space to talk. I'm a psychologist, but I'm not your pipe-smoking, tweed-wearing stereotype. Hello, and welcome back to On the Couch with Carly. Today, I want to talk about how do we survive the early stages of postpartum when you've just had a baby, Um, But everything I speak about today will have relevance to absolutely anyone trying to manage or get through any difficulty um, in their lives. So it doesn't have to be related to postpartum, but I'm going to relate it to postpartum. Um, Essentially, when I designed O Baby WTF, the second part of it is we talk about the toolkit. And this is... um, really things that we already have at our disposal or things that we need to um, engage with that we don't have at our disposal right now to help us manage the emotions, the the journey, the roller coaster ride, whatever you want to call it, of postpartum. And essentially I'm going to unpack some of those things today in a bit more detail. So number one tool that we need to make use of and something that you can plan for before you have your baby is support. Now, what does support look like? What is support? Um, This is actually very individual, something that you need to figure out for yourself. So support can be synonymous with help, but is not necessarily. So one could get help that doesn't feel supportive and one can get support that isn't necessarily helpful. Um, Support is not necessarily someone doing something for you. Support is about having a sense that you are not alone. It's about feeling that you are um, cushioned or scaffolded by other individuals who are making sense of the problem with you by being there to listen to you as you make sense of it for yourself. And you can get that in various ways. So uh, if we're thinking about support that is synonymous with help, then I would say we're talking about domestic help. So that's whether you hire a nanny or a domestic worker. It's if you have um, family members come to the house to help you unpack the dishwasher, make meals, um, look after your older children while you're with the baby. Take the baby for a little bit so that you can have a shower. That is people who are hands-on going to assist you in your efforts of child rearing. And these are very, very, very important roles in your life and in your journey as a new parent. And you have to plan for it, I believe. Some parents feel they don't want to or, or, or can't or don't feel it's necessary to think about getting help before the baby's born. They want to first feel it out, get a sense of what they're capable of, what they need, what are they lacking, and then make a plan to get help. And that's absolutely fine. But for others, it really helps to make a plan and to almost hire the help or organize for the help before the baby's born and have a sort of routine or a schedule or a roster so that when baby arrives, it's a, there's already a structure in place and you and everybody who's, who's going to be helping knows how they're going to fit in. I think you have to find your own way and figure out what works for you and your family. 
But I want to just speak about why it might be difficult for you to get help. So some people, and I, I actually include myself in this um, category, some people really struggle with asking for help. It, it is, I think, something problematic in our culture that we have, um, we have sort of, yeah, we have this discourse around needing help and it being a sign of weakness. So if, if I, and I think this is particularly something that women struggle with, women are um, sold a message that to be successful, they have to do it all and do it all well. And we are often trying to do too much. And we see asking for help or um, sharing the load as a sign of failure, that somehow we aren't managing to do it all on our own and therefore we are not worthy. And if you have these thoughts and if you recognize that in yourself, I think this is something that's really important for you to process. If you are pregnant and you are aware that this is something that you are going to confront in yourself, it's absolutely appropriate to start processing it before you have the baby so it might be something that you want to work through or um, figure out before you have a baby having a baby entails needing help you cannot do this thing alone you cannot do it all if you try to do it all you are at risk of burning yourself out you are at risk of feeling overwhelmed and you will feel overwhelmed as a new parent if that's inevitable but when you feel overwhelmed, it is a signal that every emotion, every experience we have, whether it is anger, sadness, guilt, um, it's all information about ourselves. Is That's the reason why we have emotions, is it tells us something about what's happening in our systems. So when we feel overwhelmed, and you will feel overwhelmed, it's the moment when we need to say to ourselves, right, Something needs to be done differently here. What I need is to ask for help. How can I take something off my plate? How can I request for someone else to offer or to provide a service to assist me in my, in my job that I'm doing here? And there, there really is a lot to process around that if you are someone that struggles with that um, sense of, loss of worthiness around that so what I would say to someone who feels they are less worthy if they ask for help is that you know if you think about all of the most successful people in the world if you want to get to a CEO level there's absolutely no way that you can be a CEO unless you have people who are under you people who are running the business day to day people who are making decisions people who are taking on responsibilities that are earning less than you have less responsibility than you have less power than you no one would expect any massive organization to be run by a ceo without having employees there's no point in that but you won't find that people will look at a ceo with less um you know, respect or believe that that CEO is less deserving of their title because they have people working for them or because they have people doing jobs that they could do, but they're, do, but they're getting other people to do it for them. And we really need to think of ourselves like that. Parenting is, um, or a family is a system. It's an organization, essentially. It's a, it's a, it's a, it is like an organization. 
And if you can think of it like that, as like a corporation, if you are the person that's running the show, it's impossible for you to do it all. You have to delegate. You have to find um, support along the way where other people are taking, taking some of the tasks off your plate. And there's absolutely no shame in that. In, in actual fact, it's a more efficient, more effective way of getting the job done. The other thing to think about is that moms who do try to do it all and who struggle with getting help um, end up with uh, affecting their mental health. Okay, So if you're overwhelmed consistently day in, day out with no relief and um and no one to take that burden off your off your plate you are you are going to suffer inside of yourself you are going to feel um strung out um potentially that's what is the precursor for a a, a depression or an anxiety disorder and you are of no benefit let me not say no benefit that let's not use such um yeah, such such kind of black and white terms, but you are of less benefit to the system as a whole if you are incapacit- incapacitated because you're overloaded. So the generous, kind, considerate thing to do is to take care of yourself, is to know that you are looking after the most important person in the system because if you are not helped, if you do not if you do not get the help you need, you cannot do what you need to do to help everyone else. So um, we always use that analogy of if you're in a in a plane crash, you put your oxygen mask on first before you put your oxygen before you help anyone with their oxygen masks. That is essentially what we what we need to think of this as. It is absolutely pointless to be so preoccupied with doing it all that we incapacitate ourselves to the degree where we can't do anything. Rather, know your limitations, preempt what you're, what you're going to struggle with or what you don't need to take on and give it to someone else to take on so that you can focus on what you really need to offer. So here's the thing. If you are a mom, the most important job that you can do is being in is, is to be in relationship with your children. We know from decades of research that to form a secure attachment with an, a child requires a very specific thing. It requires being attentive and attuned to our children's needs. It requires following them where they are and being with them in their emotional experience. And it entails providing boundaries and it entails um, tracking them where they are and being um, being with them in their process. And a lot of that is, is digesting and metabolizing big emotions that are too big for, their, for them to handle and so we have to handle that. Now, I'm a psychologist. I'm trained to do that with my clients. Essentially, I, I mother my clients. I metabolize their feelings. I help them understand what they're experiencing. I make sense of it for them. I stay with them. I, I, I watch them closely. And I do that for an hour at a time, 50 minutes at a time. And I can tell you that after doing that for an entire day with clients, it's 
very, very taxing, exhausting work. Now, as a mother, you're doing that all day, every day, sometimes during the night, mostly during the night and day as well. It is the most intense work that we can do. And it is so valuable. Do you know that if every single person that gets born, if they had a mother or a caregiver who responded to their needs in an attuned, empathic way, we would have no more wars, we would have no more violence, we would have no more trauma. People would not be hurting one another if they received the care that they require as young children. And so I believe it is probably the most important thing you could do as a parent is to be there with your children. Now, the wonderful thing about attachment research is we also know that you don't have to do it perfectly. You don't have to do it all day, every day um, to the best, you know, to and, and absolutely hit it on the, on the head, you know, get it 100% perfectly every time. We know that you only have to do it 30% of the time for your children to turn out okay. <laughs> so just let's take the pressure off ourselves. But it does require us to watch them and to be there, to be in relationship to them. So I would say, if you are struggling to work out what should I be focusing on as, as a mom and what should I be letting other people help me with, I would say, first and foremost, your job is to be attuned to your children, to stay with them, to offer them um, care, love, support, to listen, to watch them, to hear them, to be there with them to track their emotions, to describe it to them how they, how you see them experiencing life. Those are the most important things you can do as a parent. And anything else after that, I mean, yes, we still have to provide them with food and shelter and, and get them to sleep. And I think that's probably the hardest part is having to get them to eat and sleep, really. Once you get that figured out, it's a lot easier. Um, but everything else you can get assistance with. Now, I'm very aware that I'm talking from a very privileged position, that not everybody can get help. But even people who are living in um, townships who don't have uh, economic wealth, they have community members who assist them in helping them take care of their children, helping them feed their children. It, everyone actually requires um, other people to assist them in helping in, in, in helping raise their children. We don't, we shouldn't be doing it on our own. So you need to really think about that very carefully and think, okay, if this is my main job, what are the other jobs around the house or with the children that I can delegate to other people? What can I get assistance with? And then you can really start to focus on what it is that you want to spend your energy on during the day with your children. Um, so that's that's the first thing is the help, the help kind of support. The other kind of support is emotional processing, um, which is essentially what we speak about in Circle of Security. So in Circle of Security, which is this intervention, the parenting intervention that I've been trained in, we talk about the circle, which is when children... Um, learn to explore their world they're going out to the top of the circle and then they 
or have like they'll fall and hurt themselves or they'll want you to see what they're doing and help them with it help them with their task then they'll come back down at the bottom of the circle and return to you and you are the hands on the circle that receive them and that are their safe their secure base from which they can explore their world and their safe haven to which they return to when they've been in the world and they get frightened or they get or they need some support but we also talk about hands holding hands. So in order to provide support to our children, we also need to be getting support. It's the same concept as when you're a psychologist, you also need to have supervision, you also need to have your own therapy. So that means that in order to, to um, give of ourselves, we need to have a full cup. Our cup needs to be full. We need to be nurtured and taken care of so that when it comes to someone else needing from us, we have something to offer that we're not trying to offer from an empty cup. So this is a much more, um, uh, it's sort of a less concrete kind of support. It's not the help that you get when someone is actually doing the job of parenting with you. It's just having someone there with you to help you process your feelings, help you make sense of where you're at. And for that, there's a, a number of different ways that you can get this kind of support. Um, if you have close friends, you might have one or maybe even two friends who offer this kind of support, people that you can talk to, people who are there to listen and you can share with them your feelings, you can share with them your struggles, you can say that you're having this experience and they're there, they listen, they take, they take interest in your mind, they want to know what's inside of your mind. That's the kind of support I'm talking about now. It might be a family member, for some it's their mothers, for others it's someone you pay now, I, as a therapist, highly value therapy. I think that therapy is one of the best tools we have to, to offer us this kind of support. Now, here's a, a story about me. With my first baby, I, I gave up my therapist. I thought to myself, I'm not going to be earning because I'm going to be on maternity leave. So I just can't, I just can't, um, you know, I can't spend this money every month. I can't I can't rationalize how, how I could spend so much money every month and I'm not earning. And so I never had a therapist. And let me tell you, it was really tricky and I really struggled. And um, and I never even thought to get a therapist during those struggles. I don't know why. It's one of those things. It's like doctors who, who always are sick or, you know, but... <laughs> It's just one of those things you just you think of yourself last sometimes. So I'm talking from experience here. I'm I know what it's like to be on the side of of the divide who on, who do not get the support, who do not know how to take care of themselves. I was there. I was I've done a postpartum before where I didn't get the right kind of support, and it cost me. So this time round, I made sure that I had a therapist. I made sure that I was continuing to see my therapist weekly, even when I was on maternity leave. I budgeted for it I made sure that I could afford it it's one of those things I've prioritized um you know I've made a plan to prioritize that part of what I what I require for my support network okay now even though I'm a therapist even though I do this work as a job even though I know all the theory behind it and even though I planned to have 
a therapist during my postpartum this time, I have been surprised at how it has been useful. It has been so amazing for me to track my experience of therapy this time around. So, and I, I want to say this feels very universal for me. This doesn't feel like something specific to postpartum. I feel like this is generally how people relate to therapy and something that I've heard my clients say before and something that I totally understand why people don't do therapy. So number one, the first barrier is cost, right? It's really hard to, to um, you know, feel that it's worthwhile um, to spend that kind of money every week or every month. It's a very big expense and not all medical aids cover it. So to do that, you really have to believe in its efficacy and, and really believe in it. And there's times when I go to therapy and I'm like, oh, I don't really feel like I need therapy right now. Or, you know, what am I going to talk about? Or um, I think I'm fine. This is just a waste of my time. Or, oh, I'd rather be napping. I've said that to myself a few times. You know, I could have spent this hour napping and now I'm spending it talking. And it's actually quite exhausting. Sometimes I leave therapy and I'm like more exhausted than I was before, you know. So these are all really interesting barriers that I've come into contact with this time around. But what I've discovered is that when I do go to therapy, even if what seemed, even if it seemed like a banal conversation where we just talked about, "Eh, this is what I did this week, you know, this is what's happening with me this week. What I realize is the value of therapy is this, it's this space where for an hour at a time, 50 minutes, I am given the space to just talk about what's in my mind. I let the contents of my mind sort of spill out into a shared space with another person who is 100% dedicated to thinking with me about the contents of my mind. And sometimes the contents of my mind seem banal, seem pedestrian, seem... Like, really, I don't need a therapist for this. And even when that is the case, I leave the session, I don't know if I would say lighter, but the feeling is it's been digested. I've gone through a process. I was here and now I'm further along on the journey. It's like I, I, I'm getting somewhere. I'm moving through something. And I find that really fascinating that there's been times where I've questioned, like, why why am I doing this? What is the point? And then I'll do a session and I'll suddenly realize that I'm further, oh, sorry, my, that's the baby, um, that I'm, I'll do a session and then I'll suddenly realize that I'm, like, um, at a different place to where I was the week before. And also, it's just nice to track yourself. You know, it's I'm not really that good at writing a journal, but I don't. I know a lot of people find such benefit in writing journals. So that's also one of the tools that I would highly recommend for many people. Just write down your thoughts. Track your own mind by writing down what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what's happening in your life. So I don't really do that. It's just, I guess I just haven't gotten into the habit. But so I will 
track myself through my therapy processes. I'll, I'll, it's a place that I use to mark and to notice, oh, I'm here this week. That's different from where I was last week. And I, and I feel quite proud of myself sometimes where I realize, oh, I worked through that thing that I was struggling with last week. I'm in a different place with it. Anyway. I, I actually have to go now because my baby needs me, but I just wanted to say um, I am really, really, I'm, I'm really, really amazed by how I am benefiting from therapy this time around, purely because it offers me the space, the space to connect with myself, the space to track my progress, to track the way I'm moving through things and um and, and digesting and metabolizing the thoughts and the feelings and the experiences that, that are coming up this time around. And I really value that and really want to send a message to everyone here, no matter who you are, where you are, that is what the benefit of therapy. And it is invaluable. It is, it is like, it is like the greatest gift that I could give to myself right now. And sometimes it feels so unnecessary. And that is also why it's so important because it, sh- it shows me that I'm showing up for myself. It shows me that I am valuable, that I'm worthy, that I'm someone that is worth thinking about. I'm someone that's worth making sense of. I'm, and that's, that's, that is what it is. Um, so yes, highly recommend therapy. I think that's all for today um i'd love to hear your thoughts as usual i think i'm going to be back on instagram now so if you want to connect with me over there you're welcome to at on the couch with carly okie dokie bye